0: Over the last few Sundays, we've taken a break from our Ephesians series because of Easter. But this week, we return to our Ephesians series, which is called Becoming Who You Are. So please get your Bible and go to Ephesians and Ephesians chapter 2. And as you do that, I will pray. Father, we want now, as we open your word and we read it, to see the wonderful work that you have done in our lives and what you can do by taking us from death to life. So show us by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read together then uh, Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Keep your Bibles open uh, as we look at this together in a few moments. But before we do that, I want to tell you that a number of years ago I was away on a skiing trip with my brother Uh, we used to go skiing a lot and I vividly remember one day uh, on that trip we ventured to the base of a great snowy mountain where we were skiing and it was early morning and nothing including the ski lift had opened and we stood for a good while uh, in that place in the shadow of that mountain the sun was still rising and we lived in those moments Uh, in that valley, in the dark, cold uh, and bitterness of the shadows. It was freezing. Um, I can remember how cold it felt all these years later. That's how cold it was. And it was debilitating, really. All we wanted was to make our way up the mountain and escape the dark, cold shadows of the valley. And so we did, eventually. The chairlift booted up into action and we were away. We were some of the first Uh, to the summit that morning and as we traveled up we broke the hold of the shadow and felt the heat of the sun on our faces. Eventually reaching the summit uh, we got off the chairlift and not only allowed the warmth of the sun to heat us up but we took a moment to take in the wonder of what we saw as we set our eyes on what seemed in those moments the entire world as we gazed on it. You see, you know, you could, you could actually see for miles. It, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. We once again were astounded at where we had come. From that dark, cold, debilitating, shadow-hidden valley to the summit where we could see, breathe, and wonder at where we had arrived. Well, why do I tell you this story? Well, because I believe that God through the Apostle Paul, in Ephesians 2, wants the believer and the unbeliever to be amazed at how much power it took for God in Christ to bring us from the dark, cold, dead valley to the wonderful summit of life in Jesus. So he wants us to be in wonder and amazement at the power it took to raise us From being spiritually dead to being wonderfully and miraculously alive in Christ. See, that is what God wants us to see today. That is what Paul is telling the Ephesian church today. And he begins with the very real and hopeless reality of our former way of life in verses 1 to 3. See, firstly, Paul says that in our unbelieving state, we were dead. Verse 1. We were dead. Well what does it what does it mean? What does he mean that we were or are right now dead in our trespasses and sins? What does that mean? Well it doesn't mean here that you're six feet underground, but that you are death walking. Spiritually you are dead. You came into this world dead, not sort of hard of hearing towards the gospel not simply crippled in good works, not struggling to keep your head above the waters of sin, you were dead, spiritually lifeless and unmoving. So name me one thing that a dead corpse can do to contribute to becoming alive again. Well, nothing. Spiritually, for you to be to believe in Christ was an impossibility by your own strength. Dead means dead. Well, what does this death walking life look like? For those of us who are wonderfully resurrected, what did our lives look like before? Well, Paul wants to show us, and he does explicitly as he says this in verse 2 and verse 3, he says this, you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Well, he then continues to talk about something else. It says this. It says that we were sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Well, did you see the two clusters there? I sort of broke them up for you, didn't I? There's two clusters. Firstly, Paul outlines the forces from outside of ourselves that cause us to continue in our dead state that's verse two and he says in verse two we follow the course of this world and then he says we follow the prince of the power of the air and then thirdly we follow the spirit that is now at work see what paul is saying is this there is a massive devil and a huge world system what i mean by that is how the world thinks because the God, lowercase g, of this world is Satan and we are dead because we are captive to him and it and therefore we live our lives in perfect sync with them both, like two peas in a pod. So know this, we've got a fierce and strong enemy. The reason I think Paul calls Satan the prince of the power of the air is because air is everywhere. It is in your house, it is around your TV, it is at your workplace, it is around your mobile phone, it is everywhere. And I think Paul is raising our awareness that this evil prince, the god of this world, Satan, is on the move and will trip us up and keep us captive all the time we follow him and the course of this world and the spirit that is at work in it. See, hell right now has grip on our governments. It has a mighty grip on our counsellors, on our ministers, on our politicians. Same-sex marriage comes from the evil prince. Our governments can't even protect the unborn, the most vulnerable in society, the viable. See, hell is at work right now. But it's not the external forces, such as the devil and the world, that we should be most concerned about, but the internal, namely you and me and our very nature. Look at verse 3. See, by by our very nature, we are, as it says in verse 3, and we follow the passions of our flesh. We, secondly, follow the the desires of our bodies, and thirdly, the desires of our minds, So watch out, all of us, for for where the passion of our flesh, body and mind lie. But as I warn us of that, I must make you aware that your passions and desires are not always born from you and your doing, but because of your following of the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is at work right now. See, these two clusters that we read, they are locked in perfect step with one another. Both a deadly product of one another. What does Paul want us to see here? Well, I think two things. Firstly, our own hopelessness. And secondly, the need for an extreme and supernatural power to save us from it. Remember his prayer in verse 18 of chapter 1, that it was that the Ephesians would have their eyes of their hearts enlightened to the power towards us who believe. Well, here it is in verse 4 and 5, and this is the title for today's sermon. It says this, But God, being rich in mercy, with great love with with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ Christ. That is how we were saved. That is how we are saved from this great hopelessness that surrounds us and keeps us captive in the grave. You see, the Bible speaks of a heart made of stone. Actually, Ephesians 4 says it. We'll come to it in this series one day. But it talks of the futility of the mind, which leads to darkened understanding, leading to alienation from God leading to ignorance leading to a hardness of heart a stone heart but in Ezekiel 36 26 and 27 it says this God says I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your uh, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. See, this is the new covenant. And as we know, most of us, Jesus' blood bought the new covenant, which means he purchased with his blood your new fleshy, living, beating heart. He took out the stone and gave life. Praise God god well what does this tell us well he did we did none of this ourselves this is what paul wants us to know when he says that god made us alive in verse five see if you and i made ourselves alive do you know what we would do for the rest of eternity we would praise ourselves and not god's grace see is there any wonder paul breaks his sentence did you see it and it's identical actually in the greek he breaks the sentence with these words by grace you have been saved you see what paul uh, has just said makes grace crystal clear that's why he does that paul wants us to know today that the person of god and the power of god is the is the only way that make living people uh out of dead people to ever think we could muster up enough personal power to defeat the power of this world, and to overcome the passions and desires of our flesh, body, and mind is a joke. It is blasphemous, actually, before God, to think we could muster up faith to become alive, for God to then confirm our aliveness, if that's a word, and reward our success in becoming alive. That is the greatest lie you could be sold, because this is not our work, this is God's work, not ours that we would uh, boast in it, but his, so we can boast in him. You see, sovereign grace is not a shortcut of faith, but a a creation of faith within us. See, Lazarus, if you know the story of Lazarus, he didn't get out of the grave and then Jesus turned to him and go, well done, Lazarus, and rewarded him with the medal of resurrection. No, the grace of God was the initiative of Lazarus' resurrection, and so it is with us. By his great mercy and love, he has initiated his grace in our lives that we would be made alive in Christ if we listen and accept the call of God on our life. And so as I wrap up this for today, we need to know that for all who are resurrected, brought from death to life spiritually, also there is an ascension for them. In verse 6, Paul talks of the ascension. For those of us who uh, are now Christ's and uh, we as much dwell on this earth, yes, but we are actually in the presence of Christ in heaven. Paul writes it actually in a way that it almost seems like it's already happened, that we are with him in heaven. Our name is written there, our, our treasure is there, our reward is waiting for us there, and we long to be there. We know it's secure and we know God is there and he has promised it to us, that great place called heaven, but in verse seven, Paul talks of God showing the immeasurable riches of his grace. what are What are the immeasurable riches? Well, it's us. His sons and daughters, those by his great power, has risen from spiritual death into glorious life. We are his riches in Christ Jesus. See, there's a story of a Roman matron, a dignified lady, who was asked where her jewels were. To which she responded by calling her two sons to her. They came and stood near and she pointed at them and said, these are my jewels. And so it is with Christ and his church because he has bought her at the highest price his own blood on the cross. See, my brother and I were lifted up from the dark, cold, lifeless valley to the wonder and joy of the summit. Today, right now, if God is calling you out of death valley, out of your spiritual grave, do not turn a deaf ear, but respond and be sure that he is faithful to raise you up to wonderful new life in him, removing that heart of stone, that sin and that those trespasses, and replacing it with a heart of flesh that beats in perfect sync, no longer to this world or to the prince of this world, but to the creator of this world. And his name is Jesus. Maybe you're sitting there today and you've sat and you've listened to this message and you would love to know this Jesus for yourself you realize right now in your life you are in death valley spiritually you are dead you until this point right now you have never seen Christ and what God has done through him that God can move us from being dead to being alive maybe you've never realized that you were dead Maybe you are sitting there as a Christian today and you never realised how much power it took for Christ to raise us from being dead to being alive and what it cost. Well, I would say all of us need to turn to God right now. and We need to thank him and praise him for his wonderful work through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do not know him as a personal saviour, then today you can pray a simple prayer. Asking for forgiveness of sin and coming to know Christ as your own committing your life to him, being willing to live and to serve him the rest of your days because he has bought you at the highest price. And so I encourage you to do that. And if you have done that or you will do that in a few moments' time, we encourage you to get in touch with us and tell us about that. We would love to hear that and help you and pray for you. But I'm going to do that now. I'm going to pray. And I ask that you would join me as we do that. And then Simon will play another song to us as we close our online gathering for today. Father, we are just astounded at the lengths you have gone to raise us from death to life. You have moved us from Death Valley to a life of the summit where we can see your wonderful grace in its fullness. Lord, help us never to be uh, those who forget what you have done for us. Lord, we pray that anyone who is listening right now who didn't know their deadness until now and desires life, Lord, we pray that they would ask Christ into their life. They would come before him and, and ask for forgiveness of sin, thanking him for his death on the cross and handing their life over to him that he may be the captain of their life, that he may lead the way and they may serve him all of their days. Lord, we thank you for your blessing to us today. Continue with us through the rest of this day as we enjoy it with those around us. Lord, as we respond now, as we sing, Lord, we thank you that we can do this. Lord, you are worthy of our praise and honour. So Lord, be glorified, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, God bless you and keep you safe this week and we'll speak soon.